Hey everybody, I'm Pat Hollander and this is another episode of the Pat Hollander Podcast. On this episode, I was lucky enough to have one of my closest friends as a guest. His name is Ian Saheed and he is a rising junior at Boston University. He's also involved in BU's ROTC program um, where he is training to become an officer in the military. Um, Ian was also one of my classmates back at Seton Hall Prep, which was my high school it's an all-guys Catholic uh, high school back in New Jersey, in West Orange, New Jersey. And I formed some of my strongest memories uh, back at Seton Hall with close friends like Ian. And we, we kind of touch upon the strong brotherhood that exists at that school and, and how special that was to both of us. Um, but mostly what we talk about in this podcast is Ian's experience with ROTC, his decision to, his decision to, um, to join ROTC and, and make that commitment, as well as uh, what it's like being in ROTC. Um, in the world today. Uh, Ian is someone that I look up to a great deal. He is uh, someone who at at just 20 years old has such a sense of responsibility and um, and drive. It's very rare that you meet someone so young who, who cares so genuinely about those around him and has such a sense of purpose in the way he serves his country um, and serves his community. That's something that Ian had Back in high school, it's something that he exhibits today, and I'm lucky to have him as a friend, and I was even luckier to have him on as a guest on this podcast, so uh, please give it up for my friend, Ian Saheed. That's great. Yeah, I'm, I, I mean, it's like, it's like simultaneously the least original name and the most original name. No, it's a good one. Oh, there it is. That's really fun. Yeah, you can see it if you if you just look it up on Apple Podcasts. It's literally right there. Yeah, it comes up. Yeah, That's I mean, awesome. I honestly that was a big accomplishment accomplishment for me at first. I was like, oh, I actually show up now and my name's on Apple Podcasts. That's kind of exciting. Yeah, that's neat. No, I'll certainly pass it around to everyone. No, that's I appreciate that. That's that's cool. It's also just it's also just a good thing because like now we're talking and I haven't talked to you in a while and now we get to like chat and that's good. Oh yeah, you get to touch base. Like you could probably find a few of the other guys, talk to them about whatever they're doing. Oh, totally, totally. I mean, there's like that's the thing. And oh, by the way, I'm recording. I, I didn't tell you that. Yeah, it's fine. Go for it. But <laughs> but, but uh <laughs> but, but, but uh, what was I gonna say? Uh, the the thing is, like, so many kids do so many cool things that are like they may not be groundbreaking or uh or like you know they might not make them famous, but they're they're cool enough that they're worth talking about. And I feel like kids our age want to listen to that kind of thing, and they want to. I don't know. I think ROT is one of those things. ROTC is one of those things where, you know, I know kids who do it, but I don't really know that much about it. I don't. About yeah, it. and I don't really know what it's actually like to be in it, or or what or what would uh, what would draw you to make the decision to to join it? Because you know, obviously, you see kids doing it, and you're like, oh, would I ever join ROTC? And then you think, oh no, I don't, I don't think so. But but kids do it, you know, and you're kind of, yeah. you know, it's a huge commitment. That's probably one of the more, like the most common questions I get is like kids will either ask why I did it or they'll ask like do you think I can join or honestly like what is ROTC is like probably I get that all the time just like kids I become friends with and then they find out later I do it something along that line. Um, but okay. yeah, I'd say that's pretty common. So it stands for Reserve Officer Training Corps or Commission. Corps. Okay, that's good. You can tell I did my background research. No, it's good. It's good. It's good. So, um, yeah, you go ahead. Yeah, you go ahead. You go ahead. Okay, so what it is, it's kind of uh, an alternative almost to West Point. 
So um, a lot of the kids, some of the kids in ROTC tried for the West Point and then didn't get it and got like an ROTC scholarship. So what happens is we go to college, um, and then when we graduate college, ROTC kind of speed things up. We, you, you have a commitment. It can be anywhere from four years to active duty to eight years reserve, kind of depending on where you go. So if you like want to become a pilot, it could be like 10 years. Or, like, you want to postpone your commissioning so you can go to grad school or something along those lines. It's all kind of depending on what you want to do. And then, so we commission then as second lieutenants in the Army, which is similar to West Point. Like, they commission as second lieutenants. It's the same thing. It's just obviously, like, in a different environment they came up in. And they're obviously more Army-centric. Where, like, as college and ROTC, you kind of get, like, the best of both worlds. Like, you have to live the life of a relatively normal college student. But then you still get the benefit as commissioning as a second lieutenant. And, like, the only other way you can become an officer besides that is through OCS, which is Officer Candidate uh, School, which is you obviously have, like, enlisted or you wanted, like, you have a college degree. Or, like, I, I don't know that too much about it, but, like, you want to, you have a high school diploma or something and you yeah. want to become an officer. Like, you have to, it's like an application and, like, it's a little tougher than, like, I think ROTC is. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so when did you when did you figure out that you wanted to do ROTC? Because it seems like the biggest decision that anyone would make at our age, and you made it. So I want to know, like, why, why did yeah, you do I'd that? Yeah, I'd say probably towards the end of my junior year, I became more like I'd always been interested in obviously like U.S. history, and like my grandpa served in Korea and stuff. So it's always it's like I haven't obviously had any immediate family member serve, but it's always kind of been like in the back of my mind well you also you also had mr quinn for history class and i think it's tough to not be to not be riveted by that class yeah yeah Yeah. really sparked my interest no i really enjoyed that class um but yeah always in the back of my head i've been interested in in doing it so i think um i looked into like going to like a service academy and and had real and like the coast guard academy had interest me just because it's obviously not a main route and then I looked into like jobs associated with the Coast Guard and stuff. And then I did like my research, and I found like the Army just has a little more to offer because it's much bigger than the Coast Guard, and there's just like a wide variety of things. So I think my junior year, I decided that I would try to pursue this path of getting a scholarship for school, and then kind of just seeing where it would take me. And I guess kind of snowballed from there. Um, but yeah, I think it was just towards the end of my junior year, and then. I don't know. You've always known me as like kind of the kid who tries to be a leader. Anyway, um, <laughs> that's a good way to put it, right? I think that's a good. One. And so I think that like that kind of appealed to me too, and yeah. just like making a difference. I think I know that's kind of cliche. No, but it's I not. I, I get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think just trying to make a difference um, with what you can do is I I I don't know. I tried to do that. Yeah, and I think I mean you definitely did that in high school with. Because you, you were a Kairos leader, which mm-hmm. I think, at least at Seton Hall Prep, is about the biggest. I mean, that's. I mean, peer leader is a big, a big position at Seton Hall, but Kairos leader is honestly a bigger position. Or Kairos rector is what you were, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's even. I mean, that's even. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's even higher up than than leader. I mean, that's because that's such a huge deal at Seton Hall and such a meaningful thing. Um, but you, I mean, you, yeah, you've definitely always been that that leader type of guy who who would just kind of take charge and who really cares about the little things, which I think is, is definitely important. I'm sure in, in the military. Yeah, definitely in ROTC. It's, it's, I think that's kind of helped me a little bit 
you just have to like the little things add up eventually, and it, it, they, yeah, they do strain. Uh, it is a big, uh, big thing in the army. Yeah, so I, I always, I always hear that whole thing about like make your bed, and and you know, you you've probably seen that. Is it a TED talk or is it a YouTube video? It's one of those, right? It's one of those generals oh, yeah, yeah. who does the talk, whole. I think it is. Yeah, he does yeah, the whole make your bed it. thing because it affects yeah. the rest of your day. And in the military, mm-hmm. you always have to make your bed. So is that is that an accurate portrayal? Have you have you become this like detail obsessed person, or, or has it really not impacted you as much as you might think? Um, I think like I think it definitely it can probably come more evident in my routines and stuff that I even know. Yeah. But I don't think it's, like, this very hard-nosed, like, army thing. Because, like, you still live the life of, like, a regular college kid. It's just on top of, like, it's just another responsibility you have. So I think I do pay attention to details and stuff. And I think it's prepared me for situations. Um, just, like, even when I, like, pack my bag for, like, my backpack, like, going to class and stuff, I feel like I add, like, I mean, it's, like, a little detail thing, but I feel like I, I just focus on, like, what I'm going to need more and stuff. Like, I'm not as... Just like, oh, huh. uh, you know, whatever. Like, go with the flow as I usually am. Like, right. I, I try to plan ahead. Um, but yeah, I'd say it's it's impacted me, but like not to the point of where it's like crazy and like you have to make your bed with four corners, like perfectly tucked in. Yeah. Like, it's very, I, I don't really know what the word would be to describe that, but like you're very neat and... Uh, that might be more of a marine thing. thing. Yeah, they're a little, they're yeah. a little out there. Yeah, it's a little uh, different. I bet those 5 a.m. hockey practices prepared you for... Uh, for, you guys do, Honestly, you guys do PT? Funny. Yeah, it was when we PT. So we PT uh, three times a week is the average. Well, it's, it's it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then this year I did what was it's called Tough Rock, and it's Friday. It's the Friday before the Boston Marathon, which is Marathon Monday. Or no, it's the Saturday before the Boston Marathon, so which is Marathon Monday. Right. It's obviously a big deal in Boston because it's Patriots Day and stuff. Yeah. So we um, – Every Thursday, we got up and we would do like uh, a rock, which is carrying like you've seen those big backpacks. Yeah. Filled with so our weight was thirty five, so it was around that. You carry that and like you build up. So the longest we did in preparation for it was I think fifteen, maybe eighteen. I think maybe fifteen, 15 miles. So are you running or um, are you walking? So you're kind of it's like uh, it's in intervals, kind of like okay. you run a little bit and then you walk. Like I have buddies who are obviously like who are speed demons and they run like most of it and it's crazy. Wow. Um, but I, I yeah I walk and run part of it. Um, but yeah, so that, I was doing it four times a week. And it's funny you mentioned the hockey because like there's two hockey rinks on campus and like the meeting place for PT is right outside one of the rinks. <laughs> so I'll see like high school kids and like oh, some man. Other, like local schools still having practice there, and it's just like really funny because I was like yeah I was doing that too. Mm-hmm. That was awful, but that's really cool. So I mean, are you in? Are you in like much better shape than you were? Or, I mean, like oh, yeah, what's I the so. what's the if you were to rank like the top three biggest impacts that ROTC's had on you? Is it is it more physical? Is it more mental? Is it just kind of an attitude? Is it values? Like what what what's the impact it's had on you two years I, later? I'd say the first thing is definitely mental because like there are times where I think it's like something has completely just gone wrong, but like you have to stick with it because it's like it's your job. Like you have to do it. Like a lot of times you just want to give up and just be like, I know again, it sounds cliche, but like you want to give up and just stop doing whatever, but you have, you like have to keep going because like people depend on you. Like you can't, because there was a time when we did, we're doing a field training exercise. So we're out in the woods somewhere. And we're just doing it, and, like, one of the maps we were using was just, like, it didn't show, like, this really dense, like, 
this really dense like shrubbery and like deep, there were uh, uh, like it was just bushes you couldn't get through it was like in- completely impassable and like it was the last day we were out there so everyone was like, like let's just give up but like obviously we can't and i just remember being like this is so dumb like can't we just stop and, like, <laughs> like the first per- yeah literally it was like that like there's thought bar- like it's the thorns like we're sticking to us it was just ridiculous and like the leader of our group's like no we have to keep going like, we have to keep going and like eventually we pushed on and like it kind of dawned on me then like you have to keep going because like it's, it's like, it's your job. Like you have to do it. Like people are depending on you to get that done so they can do something. So I'd say, yeah, the first thing is definitely mental. The second thing I'd say is, is physical. Um, cause you, or maybe, maybe preparedness would be second. And like, I think physical goes into that. So like you have to obviously work out on your own in addition to the workouts you do there. Because if you're like not prepared, you can't do certain things. And it goes back to like people are depending on you to do those things. Like, because there's, like, a workout we do is, like, buddy carrying. So, like, you pick up a guy and throw him over your shoulders. I'm like, if you're not physically fit, like, you can't do that. And you're basically letting that guy down. Right. Uh, um, and I think also goes into studying and stuff. So, you you have to prepare for tests. I'm like, you, you knew me in high school, and I wasn't the most studious uh, person then. You, I think you were become, bad. Yeah. I think I've become better at that. Yeah. I don't like obviously I don't wing it as much and like I think I stay try to stay more focused on what I'm trying to accomplish. Um, but yeah, I think preparedness and just like mental toughness are big because I think physically you can do things if you prepare and like you, you mentally like like because you could say like I, I can't do this and then like you just give up. But I think if you like say you can do it, like I know that's again very cliche. But if you say you can do something, like you can accomplish it. Which yeah, I know it's just like the most like. I don't know, positive, like, like optimistic thing you could say, but like, I, I really think it, it, like it helps. Yeah. I, no, I, I know what you mean. Cause I, I, I know what you mean. Cause often I think, I think from a, I guess from a civilian point of view, which is I'm a civilian, uh, <laughs> you kind of, you kind of see those, those like make your bed, make your bed type videos online. And sometimes you go, all right, all right, I get it. You guys are yeah, in the military yeah, exactly. and you guys think you can do anything and da da da. But you know, it, it really is it really is true. I mean, at least to some extent, because if you if you constantly think, oh, this is going to be super hard, this is going to be super hard, I can never do it, you're never going to do it. But if yeah. you just tell yourself this is going to happen, you've already kind of gotten there in some mental yeah, state, you're halfway there, right? You're almost sense. halfway there. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I, I do think the the preparedness thing is something that interests me a lot because I see that. You know, it's funny as I, I say as I'm getting older. I mean, I'm only twenty, but I think once you're once you're in college and like living on your own a little bit, you start to realize that there are basic things that pop up again and again. And preparedness is one of them. Like even in meetings, you'll go into a meeting with people and you can just put, you can just see instantly who's prepared and who isn't. And it's, it's so clear. And the ones who look prepared get promoted and the ones who aren't don't. And it really is that simple. So I think the fact that you guys learn that in military is, is huge. And obviously it's, it's more important for your guys' job than something like you know, what I do, but, um, <laughs> how, so when you said like, it, it interests me cause you, you were talking about how like you guys had to push through that shrubbery and it was really thorny and you were kind of sick of it, but you pushed through cause your leader said so. And eventually you realized that it was super important. Do you think being a, around a bunch of guys doing it together helped you? Do you think that, I, I don't want to use the special word, but brotherhood, do you think that kind of, kind of came around? Do you think that that's a huge part of it? I think it is, yeah, absolutely. Because I, the kids I'm, I've become friends with through at BU, 
I'm like most of my, um, like if not all my closest friends at BU are in ROTC with me. And I think you get, you're, you're friends with them and you want to do your best for them. Um, and yeah, I think it, the brotherhood thing does play a huge role in it. Um, cause like you look to the person next to you and they basically be willing to do the same thing for you. Um, because like, yeah, you see, like you look at, it's like, just like looking at someone's face, like, and you'll recognize who it is and you like, you realize it's your buddy and like, you'll be like, yeah, like, all right, I can keep going if they're keeping going. Um, so I do think that plays a big role and I know that's really cliche, but I think it's, cause BU is like a big school too. So I think having that, we, we're like a small group and we're not like outcasts per se, but again, like not a lot of people know about us. And people almost like treat us slightly different than normal college students because we do this. Hmm. So I think we have our own little like world, like within a world, so we can like be like we we grow closer because we hang out outside of it, and like I just think we know each other well, and I think you do want to do well for the person next to you. How do you think you guys get treated differently on campus? I think like we have like we'll work out in the mornings and then we'll go get breakfast in the dining hall and like right. we're obviously in like our PT uniforms. Yeah. So people like they don't stare per se, but they just stare. Like I know what you mean. We, you know, yeah, they yeah. just look over and you know people are like I don't mind it because I love attention, but like <laughs> obviously not what I do. But um, but like people will look at you and it, it like it's a little unnerving because like you're like no, I'm just like a normal college kid. Like, right. I just do this. Um, and so. And it can be a little uncomfortable, especially, like, if you walk through the streets, and, like, we're in Boston, so it's, it's a lot of people. So people will, like, honk their horns or, like, thank you for your service or oh, – And it's, cool. like, uh, the thank you for your service is, is, is I think, a little uh, – it's just uh, – it's always been unnerving with me just because we haven't done anything yet. Yeah, like, I, I know what you mean. I know we're mean. going to, and it's just, like, a little uncomfortable. Um, That's interesting. And, like, yeah, and, like, we appreciate the support and stuff. But I just think it's it can be it's just yeah like a little uncomfortable. Yeah, it's almost premature. It's almost like yeah, yeah. that's actually really interesting because you would think, and and it's just it's just like what I was talking about before with the outsider's perspective of the military of ROTC is one thing, but you I guess you would think oh yeah thank you for your service that probably feels great, but if you haven't you don't feel like you've done anything it probably doesn't feel that great. It probably feels like you're getting a compliment for nothing. But. Yeah, exactly, and yeah. I think like. If people just approach this as like normal college kids, I think we yeah. and like I don't we don't run into that often, but like I think once kid gets to us, they realize we're just normal guys. And like we like we're, we're we're just fine. Like we just do this in addition to college. And it's almost like a weird dichotomy because you guys are like if they say thank you for your service, they don't say thank you for your fighting or thank you for your work. It's it's service. Like that's a key word because when you do when you think of service, you think of like serving in a food, as a food kitchen or volunteering in a hospital you, yeah, service so is not usually lines. yeah it's not usually something that people really spout about or want recognition for you you're meant to just do your service and be quiet about it and you know you take the recognition but that's not what you do it for so it's almost a strange thing yeah, that we yeah. say we, we constantly say thank you for your service when the service people are probably like you know that's just what I that's what I do it's that's my job mm-hmm yeah. And like I think, yeah, people. We I think uh, soldiers and veterans should be supported, but I I just feel like there's there's that there is a gap between what you would call a civilian and what we would call like the soldiers, um, like military personnel, um, which I think should be. I just think people should. I don't know how we would approach it because it's pretty complex. But I it just is think complex. It should I think people? It should yeah. Like obviously that gap should be bridged a little bit. Would you say? And this is kind of a maybe a tougher question. Would you say when you 
maybe watch the news and see what's going on in the world, do you see it with a different lens than someone like me might? Because it might actually impact you in a few years. I mean, I'm not saying it, not that something that happens on the news won't impact me, but it may impact you in, in terms of, you know, world conflicts or current events. It, it could impact you in a more personal way. Do you think you look at it differently? Yeah, I do. I do. I think I, I mean, I've actually always been interested in current events and like my major is international relations. So I've always looked at that, but then you always pay attention kind of to like, what like conflicts going on and you, you just like you, you're right you like open your eyes a little wider to see what's going on and like you do have like the naiveness of like what's going like ah it's not gonna like not gonna affect me like it'll, it's a few years from now like it'll be fine but like right. no some of this stuff will affect you and i do think um i do look at that and realize some of this stuff will affect me um obviously like the political climate we're in uh we'll use that phrase is a little <laughs> rough yeah I would agree. And I think my, especially, I think my grade and the kids my age, like, we decided to do what we do prior to the election and some of the things. So I think that has also caused, like, the gap between, like, the military and civilians to be a little a wider. Because I, I feel like I've gotten people ask me a lot, like, like, about Trump and, like, what we think about him. And it's not so much that, like, I don't know. I guess the best way to put it is like we support the country more than a certain person. Um, I guess I don't, I'm not very eloquent in my phrasing, but yeah, I know what you mean. I think yeah, I think we we do pay attention to what is going on a little more, just because we know it could affect us more than per se you, but like like you said, it could affect you as well. But uh, in different yeah, ways, we pay attention to to like, like more conflict conflictual things and stuff like that. I remember I was in the dining hall once in Notre Dame and there was this girl who was clearly in ROTC and she was, she was in like her fatigues and everything. Cause I think it's like Wednesday. I could have that wrong. I think it's like, there's one day of the week when all the the branches wear their fatigues, like they're not the the fatigues, the the full, the the uniform. I, I don't, I I might not have the right, the right word, but they, uh, she was talking to her friends and she was saying, Oh yeah. Cause I guess she was a senior. Oh yeah. I get my assignment later this week. And they were saying like, oh, where do you think you'll go? Where do you think you'll go? And she said, probably Syria. And they all kind of like stopped eating and looked at her. And I, I was, you know, I just overheard this and I stopped eating and was like, oh my gosh. Like she said that so almost cheerfully and, and her friends were like, oh my God, Sarah or whatever her name was. Like, I, I, oh my God, Syria. And she basically said, no, 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 this is what I signed up for. I signed up to do this. That's where, that's where there is, you know, our services needed and that's where I'll go. And it was just like such a plain and simple way of looking at it, but it was, you know, I think I think part of the reason you guys get looked at maybe a little bit funny or admired in that way is that it is such a such a mature and almost heroic way of looking at the world. Because I feel like your average nineteen year old looks at it like, oh yeah, you know, who cares? I'm just gonna have my own little beliefs and it won't affect me. But you guys actually kind of you do. It's it's the taking of responsibility that I think garners that respect. <laughs> I would agree. Yeah, I think yeah that whole. Uh that whole maturity, I think, but we build it up, like, over the four years. Yeah. So you're not gonna, like, I think freshmen are, like, if you had told them they were being sent to Afghanistan or somewhere, or North, or South Korea in a few years, they would be, like, freaking out. But I think over the years, like, you build up and, like, you see, you see where, you, like, upperclassmen get sent, how they handle things, and you just kind of pick up little things and learn from them. Like, this year is the first year, like, I didn't know the seniors too well last year. But this year was the first time I, like, was friends with the seniors. Like, I played hockey with a few of them. Um, 
and they were juniors when, when I was a freshman, so they kind of uh, were in charge of us. But we, you see where they get sent and like how they handle things. And I think you're just like, yeah, like the way you put it, it's like it's just simple. Like you know we're gonna do this, so it's just like it's all part of like what we're doing. So it doesn't come as a huge shock to us. Like we know where we're going, and like yes, for you it comes as a shock. But if like you knew you were doing this, like, yeah, you'd probably be you'd handle it just like uh, the person in your story did. Yeah, that I mean that makes complete sense. Um, who like who runs ROTC with you guys? Is it like is it veterans or who are, who are your kind of um, your leaders or your your teachers so to speak and and how have they had like it had an impact on you are they are they like incredible leaders i'm I mean, i'm assuming they are mm-hmm. yeah so what it's called they're called cadre huh. um so they're officers who are currently serving um so the highest rank is like uh would be professor of military science so they tend to be uh lieutenant colonel or a major in some cases and then it kind of just goes down to like assistant so we each like grade per se, like freshmen, sophomore, juniors, and seniors are taught by what is considered like your military advisor. So like I ranked this year for military advisor, like he was a captain. Um, and I think a lot, they all kind of come from different branches of the army. So some of them have served in like, uh, the air, like, uh, airborne or, uh, armor, um, or like aviation. So they come from, and we learn a lot because they, they all come from different branches. So they obviously all picked up and learned different things. And some of them have been active duty for years and others have been reservists and, um, or national guard. So I think we, it's like a wide variety of officers that come in and we learn from them. And yeah, they're, they're typically, it's so seniors usually like plan things and then juniors like execute the plans and then sophomores and freshmen just kind of, sophomores are like in charge of the freshmen a little bit and then the freshmen right. like, have little responsibility yeah but we yeah you learn kind of from the older kids but yeah the officer contrary or who kind of run things yeah that's awesome i mean uh one thing i've heard that's kind of that kind of always struck me is are you are you guys ranked at burtc i know at notre dame that the at least i know for a fact the navy guys are basically ranked in terms of their class like from one to however many guys are in the rotc class and then it has some bearing on where you get to go for your assignment like you, you get like first so so could you just talk about that because that seems like the wildest yeah, system I, that almost seems like it would pit kids against each other and make it uncomfortable but i guess it doesn't because i you know i see them interact and they all seem really tight you would think it would um and i thought it would when we like we first learned about it but yeah. like, it's a funny thing so like it's a ranking system based off like it's 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 a pretty complex system so it, but it, it depends a lot on your gpa uh your pt test score um like your extracurriculars those kind of things so it's almost like a college application like you're hmm. building up your application yeah um and then by the time you're the end of your junior year, you go to what is called advanced camp and how you do there is also like how you're graded there and how, how you do there is, is put into your application. And then by the time you're a senior, like you're picking what component you want to serve in. So whether or not you want to go active duty, if you want to go national guard, or if you want to go reserve and your ranking, which is a national, like first you're ranked, like obviously amongst your class at BU and then you're ranked uh, amongst all the like class of 2020 cadets, like through army ROTC, like nationwide. And like, it's obviously broken down like by like uh, region. 
kind of, but in simpler terms. But yeah, yeah. so you basically ranked against your, like, each other, and you would think that you pitted against each other, and you would all like, like yeah, it would be like a, a volatile, like kind of like very poisonous kind of environment. People would be like me and just wanting to get on top. Right. Like it's a funny thing because like everyone wants everyone to do well. Huh. Um, which I know sounds again like very cliche or like very elementary. That makes sense um, though, because if you guys are doing team challenges, you you have to rely on each other, right? Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it and. You can obviously like all build up and do well like nationally if you all work together and do um, like if you just do well together and like there are obviously within the the um, like ROTC there's kids who do better than other kids but they're all like very helpful when it comes to doing other things because like there's kids who like the engineering majors always help like English majors with like math homework and like that even those like those little things is yeah they, it's it's funny it's just like we all it's like that brotherhood we'll go back to that word they they all want to just help out and just make sure everyone's doing the best that they can did did going into ROTC uh feel pretty similar to leaving Seton Hall Prep maybe I worded that wrong like Seton Hall Prep <laughs> is that, yeah I worded that horrendously Seton Hall Prep is honestly <laughs> our high school and Seton Hall's known for having this, we, we call it, why I said it's such a special word, we call it brotherhood, because it's an all-guys school, and everyone's really close, and everyone, like you said, everyone wants everyone else to succeed, and guys, especially, I think, from Kairos, essentially, have kind of a deeper bond than other guys would at maybe a co-ed school or at a different all-guys school. It's very unique, the relationships that you build at Seton Hall. Um, so my question is, did you feel a similar bond with, or do you feel a similar bond with the guys who are, you know, at BU doing ROTC? Yeah, I think so. I think, uh, yeah, SHP offered us that unique bond and I feel like we weren't, it, it, it definitely introduced me to the whole concept of brotherhood and like what a brotherhood means, but I don't think it, we were tested the way we are in ROTC, like. We're with these people like three days a week, like and more, obviously. But so I think it it was yeah introductory for me. But I it ROTC is definitely like a brotherhood, and I think it um, like the, the girls and guys who are in it, it's just uh, become like just a very close knit um, community. And I'm um, what did you want me to get into there, Pat? Like. <laughs> I don't really know. I think I think I think you. I, think you I know what you meant, but I didn't know where you wanted me to go. Because I think it is definitely brotherhood, and I suggest HP help. But I think ROTC is definitely like a brotherhood more in depth because we're definitely tested more together. Yeah, and I think it's a lot harder. And like SHP was good because we had to deal with each other's problems, but like we weren't so involved like in each other's lives so privately. Yeah, that's if a that good makes point. Sense. Like, it does make sense. Living almost together. Yeah, I think I think also when like I said, like when you're doing those I, I know it's such a stupid word to use, but those group challenges, you almost you're almost like thrown together in a way that you're forced to get along and forced to care about one another. It's like how it's like how everyone says like we need a new plague or plague or like a new uh we need some natural disaster to kind of bring us all together because everyone's so divided yeah, in, in the exactly. US nowadays and everyone says, Oh, if yeah. we just had a a plague or a flood or a hurricane, everyone would would kind of stop what they're doing and stop complaining and just care about the person next to them. It's like that on obviously a smaller scale with ROTC because you're probably, you know, there's probably some, you know, there's a thorny bush ahead of you and you all need to get through it. And so you need to help one another get through it. And, and that just kind of forces you to stop, kind of stop complaining and stop any disagreements you have and just, and just care about one another. 
Yeah, I think that's a great way to put it, Pat. Uh, because, yeah, I think we just get thrown together and then you just want to be there for the person next to you. Yeah. Um, well, that was pretty much all I wanted to get to, but this was awesome. You were a very good podcast guest. Very, very <laughs> conversational, very easygoing, uh, very easy to talk to, yeah. really good. Um, Not the best of words, but I hope it was. No, but this good. is, it's interesting, man. I mean, all the, it, it's such a, it's such a unique decision that you guys have made and such a, a unique path that you're taking that I think just differs from that of the, cause the typical college kid, you think of him kind of as like this freeloading teenager who has no idea what they want to do. And that's, and that's generally true to be honest. Like having been in college a couple of years, like most kids are pretty clueless about what they want to do in, in the next five years. And that's okay, obviously, but, but you guys yeah, seem, okay. you have essentially made this monumental decision at 18 and, and you're living it out and you're growing and you're becoming close with these guys and, and, and girls. And that's just, uh, it's very unique. And it's kind of the, it's exactly the kind of thing I, I like to have on this podcast. So I really appreciate you being on and, uh, good luck with everything. Good luck with ROTC. Have a good rest of the no summer. Problem, I do appreciate you doing this though. Like I've told people I was going to be on it and they think it's a great idea. Um, so I you think it's cool that you're touching upon everybody. You're just a wide variety of things. So I think you should keep it up. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'll talk to you soon.